What is phase two? New day is done. The day of the Power Cosmic Podcast. Gathered from around the galaxy comes the world's greatest comic book fans all in one terrific podcast. It's the Power Cosmic Podcast. With your host with the most, the man who puts on Terrific Con, the world's greatest Comic Con every August at the Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut, Mitch Halleck. Joining Mitch each week will be an assembly of his terrific super friends. Join them as they talk about comic books, movies, and more. It's the Power Cosmic Podcast. Power Cosmic Podcast. All right, here we go. One, two, it's on. All right, everybody. It is now June 10th. It is about two months to go before Terrificon, the fifth time I've done a convention at Mohegan Sun. That's right, five years, 2015, 2016, 2017, 18, now 19. And this is, like I said, the biggest thing I've ever done at Mohegan Sun. God knows the guest list is bigger than ever before. Uh, we've got more people than you could shake a stick at. We've got some cool comic book related people there, but most of all, it's going to be three days. And as I like to call it, the Woodstock of comic books, that's where you can just sit back, tune in, tune out, turn on to your favorite comic books, talk to your friends, fear not. People will not look at you and think that you are some type of crazed geeky guy. You are amongst your brethren. You are amongst family. couple notes there, a little housekeeping stuff there. Mr. George Perez, everybody loves George. Everybody from uh, Deathlock, my favorite book that he did, all the way up into Crisis on Infinite Earths. And then we've got all the Avengers. Anytime there was a group shot that involved 2,000, 3,000 superheroes, there was only one person that would do it, and that would be Mr. George Perez. As we all know, he is coming here to Terrificon for his last appearance in the Northeast he is retiring after a lifelong career in comics, and so this is it. But you're only going to see him on Friday. And since the demand has been so crazy in the last few Comic-Con appearances he's done, we've instituted a policy where we're going to open at 10 a.m. just for George Perez. The rest of the show opens at 2. But just for George Perez, you could come by two at 10 o'clock in the morning, Show that you have a valid Friday ticket you paid to be there, whether it's a three-day, a VIP, or just an ordinary pass, that you have some type of admission ticket for Friday. And starting at 10 o'clock, they will distribute, they being George Perez's management team, handlers, uh, will be distributing uh, tickets that have times on them in half-hour intervals, let's say 10.30, 11 o'clock, 11.30, 12 o'clock, 12.30. And when you get one of these tickets, that is the time that you go back into this panel room and see Mr. Perez, and you can get up to five things signed. You don't have to get five. You don't have to be greedy. But if you so desire, he will sign five items for you, whether it be a comic book, a toy. I've seen some Infinity Gauntlets. Whatever it is, five is the max per person slash family. You're not coming in with little Johnny and saying, well, little Sally, who's two, wants five autographs, and little Bobby, who wants... Uh, big Infinity Crisis uh, fan. Uh, he was five or something like that. No, no, no. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. Crisis on 
infinite earths. That's what I meant to say, by the way. Uh, so yes, please read all the instructions that are laid out very succinctly, very wordy. Be try to be as complete and as accurate as possible. It is on the Trificon website. Also, there are some more guests coming to the show. So check out the Trificon website under guests, and you will see that I've got everybody now from comic books to even the guy who's playing the Swamp Thing, which is a great show. Too bad it got canceled. DC Universe doesn't know what they're doing. It was one of the greatest Swamp Thing effects costumes I've ever seen. And so far, after two episodes, the story has been very cool and very reminiscent to the Len Wein, Bernie Wrightson classic. So if you have an opportunity to check it out, make sure you do, and make sure you come to Trificon on August 9th to the 11th to see Mr. Derek Mears. Now, I had one of the greatest days of my life on Friday because I got to sit down with my favorite comic book artist of all time, the man who, when I saw him draw Spider-Man as a kid, I said, I want to grow up and be that guy. This is Mr. John Romita Sr. I speak of, and I got to go and visit him in Virginia at their lovely home, and I sat there from about 12 o'clock to about 5.30 and just hung out with him, talked to him, got to hear some great stories about Stan, his favorite comic book characters to work on, which was a hard to draw. Uh, all those Spider-Man webs on his costume weren't always the best, uh, but he was fantastic. And then later on that day, we were joined by his talented son, Mr. John Romita Jr., who also came by, and then we had a nice little uh, dinner across the street, and it was just fantastic. So that was one of the most uh memorable moments in my fanboy history was sitting there with John Romita. I couldn't believe it. I kept pinching myself saying, oh my God, I'm sitting next to the legendary John Romita. I mean, the everything. I think Spider-Man, when I think Spider-Man closed my eyes, that's the image I think of his Spider-Man. Not the Steve Ditko one, but the uh, the John Romita one. And like I said, he was a delight and so was his wife. Just fantastic people. Uh, wish him nothing but the best and met Stanley. I saw Steve Ditko once and now John Romita. So there's the, the godfathers of Spider-Man, if you will, you know, so I've seen them all and met them all. Fantastic day. Uh, today's episode on the power cosmic podcast, other than hearing me rant about all things nerdy, you're going to hear Jerry Ordway and I talk about the latest X-Men movie. If you want to call it that, I don't call it a movie. It was in the dark and there was something going on, on the screen, but it was not a movie. It was, I don't, it, 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 it was bad. And Jerry, always Jerry's always trying to be nice about everything. He said, well, the music was good. And I said, Jerry, if the music is the only thing you can say is good about a movie and it's not a musical, then that's a bad movie. So I hated Dark Phoenix. They, they killed the poor X-Men franchise. I mean, it was, it was like limping around and they just took it out back and they put a bullet in it and they killed it. Pow! It was done. I don't care if I ever see another X-Men movie again. I can't wait till Disney relaunches it and brings in the proper X-Men. Maybe they'll redo uh, Giant Size X-Men 1 as the uh, the main story with the whole living island and everything. That'd be cool. Just start fresh. Forget all this nonsense we've seen. Uh, or also, maybe today I'll put on... Mm, I don't know. I was going to put on my, uh, my trips with my friend Steve Barker as we went looking for comic books a couple weeks ago, but I think I'll hold that off for next week's episode. So what you could do now is enjoy this podcast. You can hear me and Jerry rant about it for about a half an hour. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything Terrificon related. No, there's going to be pins available. I've got stickers. I've got new t-shirts. 
uh, canvas bags, you name it. There will be some terrific kind of merchandise available at the show. I have to get to work now because I'm mapping out all the panels and doing all the artwork for all the website, and that's what I do. And if you see me out there, just say, hey, I'll be at, uh, which comic cons am I going to this month? I'm going to Cliff's Con in Bristol, Connecticut. At the end of the month, I'll be at Eternal Con. I think that's next week. I'll be popping in there. Uh, Garden State Comic Con, I think, is this month, too. So I'll be there as well. And uh, I think that's it. And then there's Plastic City Comic Con in July. And then, of course, Terrific Con. And then I get to go back in my uh, hole in my cave in the ground and hide out for a couple months until I think of something else. But anyway, sit back, listen to Jerry Ordway and I bitch and moan about the latest X-Men movie. There you go. See you later, kitties. Electric cars right now on the Power Cosmic <laughs> Podcast. Maybe we'll go all electric. Jerry seems to think that the uh, charging stations at the mall are like lightning chargers. They go faster. They're fast. Yeah, they're supposed to be faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like anyway. You could do that at your house, but you'd have to put in a separate like well, a circuit breaker like a or whatever. I don't know. How fast, how long does a car go on electric charge? It's supposed 200 to be a 200 miles? mile range really? on a charge. On one charge? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. I mean, that's a, the thing. Is that the talk. hybrid ones or is that just the no, pure I electric that was ones? The, but they keep talking about it like that's a, a, a bad thing. But what, the hybrids? Who normally goes more than 200 miles in a in a, a sitting unless you're going on a road, road trip. trip? Like if I go to Maryland, yeah. it's like 350 miles one way. But? Typically, it's 20 miles up. Maybe I'll do 30 miles in a day. I'm just saying you could do it yeah, and, and stop somewhere in charge, or you could just use Plug a different in car, yeah. rent a car, rent a separate car. And this has to do with X-Men, Dark Phoenix. Not really. Not really. Here's the deal. They didn't call it X-Men. They, they called it Dark called Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. Phoenix. They weren't in costumes much that they had something. Uh, this takes place in 1992. The X-Men are uh, welcomed as superheroes by the they're working, right, they're they're working like, for the president right. so they're like goody guys good two shoes and then the phoenix force comes out of space and it and that was from the comics though yeah she does get hit they were trying to save people in the space shuttle crashed right. in the comics and then jean gray died and became the phoenix did she die in the comics and she died because john byrne wrote that sequel years later where no, but the I real mean, when she first jean gets gray the power she doesn't die no, well, the, the thing crashed into the water, and they're like, nobody could have lived through it. Oh. And then she emerges from the water as the Phoenix right. with a new costume. But the real Jean Grey John Byrne will have us make us think was in a cocoon underneath the ocean. Yeah, and sure. then it brought back in the Fantastic Four years later, well, they brought back X Factor. X Factor? Right, they launched Louise. X Factor with that, and Walt drew it. Yep. Anyway. So Jerry liked the movie. Uh, he liked the action-packed ending, which was a good stunt visual yeah. sequence. No, it was a, with trains, a good right, battle. Right. The movie itself has it. You got to give it credit. It tried to do personal stuff yeah. rather than just action stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I think we both agreed that. Were there too many it, characters? No, but we liked it better than Age of Apocalypse, which wasn't a high high bar, but still. And the the action sequence, it's like if you see it, the last forty-five minutes are. Really yeah, no, that's Very a well good done. sequence. I was just... I don't think the... Well, I don't want to insult anybody, but I don't think the actors were very... were acting well in this movie. Because you told me some of them you recognized from other movies yeah, yeah. that they were decent actors, yeah. but I didn't really give a crap about any of the main characters. Yeah. That's maybe what it was. I wasn't engaged in any of it. Like, 
Professor X was always a sympathetic character, yeah. but now they made him like the bad guy. Yeah. And, well, they, and Phoenix. And I, to me, that felt like forced, kind of unfair, because yeah. it's like he was trying to do good, but suddenly yeah. everybody hates him because he. Tried Which to was do from good the thing. comics, though. Yeah. He did suppress Jean Grey's like right. dark side. That was in the uh, Chris Claremont books. But here, it made it seem like. Right, he was. It was. It's like a conflicting thing, rather than like, oh, he's an evil. Well, they guy. didn't really. Did you get the idea that she was the cause of the mother's death in the beginning? I thought it was just an accident. No, I think she turned her mother off, basically. But that's. Oh well, they show that later yeah. on. Yeah, no, she definitely said like she wanted to stop. But right? did you notice she see? She kept saying it wasn't me, when the little girl was changing the radio dial. Yeah, I sure. thought they were going to say that she had like a split personality, yeah. like there was a dark side and a good side, and that's maybe. He just turned off the dark side of it. So if that's the best and worst spoiler we can offer, is oh, I don't think anyone the cares girl about The changing sparks. radio stations. That's that's yeah. it. You got to go in that lane. Yeah. I, I bet that the Secret Lives of Pets Part Two will not will be number one as opposed to X Men Dark Phoenix. Well, there wasn't a huge crowd. There wasn't. There's probably like think, fifty people there. I mean, unfortunately, the X Men have been around twenty years now. Yeah. In movies, and yeah. I think it's kind of played out, even if people like that. I, I think it's a little bit played out. And I equated it, but it, it needs that happens with everything. It's like no, I equated it with the last it. Planet of the Apes movie. When I was a kid, I remember the final Planet of the Apes movie with Roddy McDowell came out like 1975, the battle for the Planet of the Apes, and no one went to see it. Yeah. I remember it was local TV was advertising it, and everyone was like, "Yeah, they're still making those movies." Yeah. That's what it, also, it was tired. Yeah. There was no budget. I mean, I don't think this thing was a low budget. It looked like there was plenty of money put into it, but maybe the effects and stuff. Yeah. There were some good effects. I like that whole Cerebro look better this time, yeah. and then Nightcrawler special effects were good. I just think it's it's a type of thing where, you know, they've been around so long. Yeah. That it's hard to refresh them without just it's, starting over. Well, it's hard not to keep thinking of the other cast because the whole time I'm going, is this supposed to turn into Rebecca, Rebecca Romaine? Right. Is she supposed to turn into Fonka right. Jansen? Right, right. Or no, that timeline's gone. This right. is a new. It's like watching Star Trek. Right. You have the Kirk and Spock from created, Shatner. Right. You've created this, a new line. Yeah. New so timeline. basically, that's what you watch these movies. But then the ages don't add up. I told yeah. you before. I'm like, how old is Professor X? Seventy. Right. Well, when they put sixty. The problem is they put those time stamps on these things. And yeah. You start, it just invites you to start counting Yeah, the down, original like, one had Kennedy in it. Well, like you were saying, it started in the 60s. Yeah, it was 1962. First class. And yeah. then the second one was 84 or something. No, no, no. It was 62. Then the second was 72. That's because right. it was seventy. It was uh, Wolverine yeah, yeah. came back in the 70s. And then they did 82 or right. 83 in the last movie. And they don't. the actors don't look like they're 10 years older. No, and yeah. this was uh, maybe that was maybe they were always supposed to be ten years apart. Now that I think about it, 62, that 72, 82, yeah. and yeah. this was ninety-two. So we yeah. got four decades of it. But McAvoy never aged. You know who else they didn't mention at all? Remember the uh, actress with the short brown hair? Right, that was the, in the first Myra, movie. Moira McTaggart. Yeah, but they brought her back in Apocalypse. Yeah, was she killed off in Apocalypse? Because she doesn't show up here. No, they I didn't kept kill thinking her that was going to be the end. Yeah, I was like, what happened to her? She was like working for the government. Right. I thought maybe that would be. Burn. Isn't yeah. her name Burn? Yeah, Rose. Rose Burn. Yeah, Rose yeah, Burn. yeah. Maybe she got too big for these movies. Or maybe they just didn't have room for her. Jennifer know. Lawrence had the easiest job ever now. She doesn't have to put on the full makeup. Yeah. It was no. just blue face and I'm done. 
<laughs> she used to be naked in the first movie, and then every time they've done sequences, she's been less and less. And can you blame her? What? Sitting in a makeup chair, and having people touch your whole body and spray paint you for I, I call hours. That, I call that Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. Do they have enough paint for you? Hey. 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 We saw Rebecca. Hold Roman. on, we gotta go back to Home Depot. You hear them shaking? Don't move, he's sweating. Spray paint him. Oh no, <laughs> he rolled over. I thought we were done. Wait, were we gonna do red? Yeah, whatever. Okay. Mix them together, mix and match. Get yellow and green. Uh, what character would you be in the X-Men? Uh, in the movie X-Men? Yeah. The Beast? Okay. Yeah, I'll would, go you with the be, beast. would you Fred be? Would you be like? No, I was going to say, would you want to be like Professor X? No. Because that would be the good... If you're an actor and you someone... Sit in a wheelchair. You're sitting in a chair. Yeah, that was like... Wasn't it Alan Alda? His father gave him the best advice. Robert when he, wanted to, he said, I want to be an actor. He said, you know, make sure there's there's a chair or something so, so you, you can, can sit. sit down. Because otherwise you do a lot of standing. No, I never heard that before. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I used to think Fassbender was the best actor in these movies, but... He seemed kind of tired in this one, or maybe didn't have much to do. Well, do you he know? was good in the X-Men First Class. He was the best one yeah. ever. Well, he was a good actor, Fighting too. Nazis. Well, you know, the, he... I remember reading this, that he and Nicholas Holt and uh, yeah, Jennifer they all, Lawrence all signed kind of like They a, all had to be in the same movie, yeah. That they would all, you know, they would all leave at the same time. Because I always wondered how come they got her to come back. I'm like, yeah. how does Jennifer Lawrence come back? But I think that's in the contract, yeah. They... They have to be all four of them in a movie yeah. or something. So yeah. Otherwise, they get the option to to, to bail get the out. hell out of here. Well, everybody's kind of taken off now. Yeah. Well, it is officially the last one. Yeah. Disney's not going to pick up any of these people. Again, I mean, if you were like a comic fan and you like the X Men. Yeah, I used to love the X Men. But here's the thing: if you if you like the X Men and you yeah. really like the Marvel stuff. Yeah. In a way. I still feel kind of like since the companies merged and they knew they were going to merge for like a year. Right. It feels kind of like Half-hearted. it would have been nice if they had done some kind of nod to that Oh, universe. tie them in then? Even, them, in, yeah. even in Endgame. I mean, I still feel like maybe that's just a comic book fan of me, but I always wished that like the first X-Men, I mean the first Avengers... Um, Acknowledge that there was other... Yeah, like Daredevil would have a cameo or oh, yeah. something like that from the TV show because they... They make such a big deal of the fact that it's, it's all no, connected. They're all Marvel characters, and all and Marvel was always the cohesive universe. No, and the, so I feel like this. There's there should have been like there could have been some nod, at least even in passing, that oh, you know, there's another greater universe that we're part of. Yeah. Rather than oh, we're the only superheroes. Well, the Netflix shows the Daredevil and Luke Cage. They would refer to the. Avengers, Avengers. Yeah. Uh, invasion. So it felt like it was fair that. Yeah, it was like downtown. You I know? mean, all you'd have to do in any of these Avengers movies is, you know, you cut to Quick straight cameo. level where they're yeah. fighting, and it's like, There's hey, Luke look Cage. at who's that other guy fighting? Oh, it's Luke Cage. No, just like they did in just the last the movie with uh, the ancient one. Yeah. She was down the street as they right. were fighting the Chitari. Right. They went over to Doctor Strange's house, and there she was. I go, oh, okay. I mean, That's it's just cool. a way of acknowledging that, that they yeah, exist. These are part yeah. of this greater picture. And yeah. the X-Men, I think, you know, was... The X-Men was the first, right? I mean, Blade was the first. Yeah, but no one really watched But the X-Men was Blade, the yeah. first superhero thing. Right. And Spider-Man followed it. Well, yeah, but I'm sitting there today thinking about it, going... How many X-Men movies did I tell you? With we, Wolverine? We counted out seven, didn't we? No, seven without, and three. Wolverine. Ten, Wolverine. So ten with Wolverine, I think. Yeah, that's a lot of movies. Yeah. That's a lot it's of like movies. A, 
a James Bond, uh, you know, stretch. Yeah. There's not that many movies that can, a franchise that go for 20 years. No. And continuously, not without rebooting. The thing of it is, I don't believe the X-Men, I don't know sales-wise, but I don't believe the X-Men book sells as big as it used to. No, I doubt it. It used to be, like, the number one book. Right. And then after Byrne left, it was Paul Smith. And yeah, then no, John Romita Jr. took over. For that whole period of the, the 90s, yeah. 80s and 90s, the X-Men was the book that you Oh, yeah, read. Jim Lee. If you wanted yeah. to become a comic superstar, you, you did worked like on two X-Men. years on X-Men, and yeah. then you were guaranteed to be a name. Yeah. And uh, that was a true thing, because ah. that, was, that book sold like 300,000 copies in a day when, say, yeah. the... Fantastic Four was a good seller, but sold maybe two hundred fifty thousand. The last uh, X Men attempt I did was a couple years ago when Bendis took it over, yeah. and they had the old X Men meet the new X Men. They travel through time, like right. they had the original school, and I'm like, oh, this is good. And then they tied it into the Guardians of the Galaxy, and then they went to space, and then right. they had the trial of Jean Grey, and then I gave up. It was like, wait, what's going on here? It's too much. And to me, though, do you think like when you're reading these books when they first come out? Yeah. That becomes the continuity that is ingrained in you. So, yeah, my I, X-Men, I don't necessarily need that to be revisited and repeated. Right. I'd rather have someone do something new with those characters I know, and make but it interesting on their own. In my mind, my X Men are the Burn yeah. Claremont run. Well, when you that's watch like, again, when you watch the movie and you see so many little callbacks to that, the era of the X Men with Jean Grey as Phoenix and yeah. stuff, you do think they're inviting you to, you know, expect more, maybe. Right. You know? I mean, I honestly was waiting for the effect where she turned into a bird. And she... Yeah, at they, the they, end... They did do it. Yeah, I was like, when is she going to turn into the bird? When is she going to turn into the bird? So... But, like I said, I don't know if they're making this for fans or they're just trying to get this done. Well, you know what, though? I, I think when this... The Simon Kinberg wrote and directed Kinsberg, it. Yeah. Kinsberg, he wrote and directed it. And you feel bad for him in a way because... I'm sure that he's wanted to direct for a while. Right. He finally gets the opportunity, and then it becomes a little bit of an orphan, you know, as yeah. as a result of the Fox-Disney uh, merger. Yeah, it's thing. just like left, yeah, like an asterisk. So, I mean, that's kind of sad. I just, think the worst one's New Mutants, that poor thing. is. Yeah, you feel bad. I mean, I do feel bad for the, the people working on these things yeah. because they're really not in control of it. They do their movie, they hope for the best, and then something gets shelved it's one thing I mean it's totally different if that New Mutants shows up on Netflix or the Disney streaming thing or something like that I don't that. know where it's going to go but uh, it, it, you know that people worked on it yeah they, no, no, they nobody, nobody goes into it and says I'm going to do a shitty job yeah. I always think of that nobody gets hired I mean it's such a small industry that when they do it they're all trying to prove their best because you want to get your next job and I if always you, felt like the X-Men movies were always the I mean anybody Working Bastard on those Fox, stepchild. But anybody working on those Fox movies, right. if you ever read anything about them, that those guys were always under budget restraints. Oh no, they have a deadline. Fox had, is famous for right. like, you're opening on May 25th. Right. What do you mean? I don't care what you do, but that's your day, and you got to hit it. And they so go you, nuts to get to that right. day. You they do the best less. you can. It's almost like doing a monthly comic. You it do is. The best you it can. is to get it out the door. Yeah. yeah. And you, but you, but you don't want it to be terrible. You're doing the best. No, you I can know, but I'm allowed. I've heard that about Fox for years. That that's all they care about is the dates. Yeah. And hitting their numbers. And I remember like when the uh, second Fantastic Four came yep, out. Yep. 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 There was talk about oh, well, they rushed that too. We could have put a little more money and actually showed Galactus or right, whatever. Right. Right. So the cloud. But. You know, you sometimes you work harder under 
restraints. I was thinking of that tonight in that movie when they showed the Phoenix falling apart at the end with the big fight. Yeah. It reminded me of Fantastic Four 2 with Galactus when yeah. they had the big cloud and yeah. everything. I was like, oh, wow, they're just throwing everything they can at this thing at the yeah. end. Like, yeah, look, we're going to blow everything up. But again, I mean, if you like the whole run of X-Men, some people love it and they love the characters. Yeah. Um, I think the X-Men movies have been generally good sympathetic yeah. Yeah. characters to the comics and stuff did you like x-men last stand better than this phoenix version which which of the two phoenix versions did you like i actually like the third of the original trilogy the last stand yeah yeah, yeah. i didn't think it was that bad people no, like, oh it's a piece of crap i go not really i don't think so and you know what i like again it's something that they don't have the i was just gonna link it in is so, something they don't have the benefit of in here really is, is that in that one they developed the Jean Grey character over three movies. Yeah. Whereas in here, seemed kind of Sophie rushed. Turner shows up in the last movie, really. Yeah, really. And, and then she's and then suddenly it's she's like a Phoenix, they're yeah. capping her story. So it feels like you don't have the same emotional no, commitment. No, they like try to squeeze in two movies. Yeah, because yeah. the other, uh, you had um, Jason. Was it Jason Marsters? What's yeah, his name? Master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marsden. Yeah, Marsden. Yeah. The guy that from Superman Returns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You have him. I mean, and you had. Famke and you had uh, Hugh Jackman playing right, off but I'm saying, yeah. right, you had characters that you, you actually had extra emotion for right. so that when something big happens it's not just that character but the whole audience is going oh no you know what no, I mean no that's what I told you a lot of the you problem really with this movie is I didn't have any connection with any of the actors I was yeah. just sitting there going okay because well, the, the new, new storm uh, all those actors were introduced weren't and they the just last, introduced they were just in the last, movie? last movie yeah so I mean that's a little bit of an issue that's why the girl's like the waitress we talked to afterwards because oh I love her she looks just like Halle Berry I go right but that's really but that's there's nothing beyond uh, yeah. visual no you know what I mean I'm saying empathy for a character for an actress playing a character or an actor uh, yeah is that you need that to f- care about whether they live or die I think Alan Cummins was a better nightcrawler than this kid I thought the kid, it's not the, you know, again, it's like, it's what they, when they gave him something to do, it was interesting. Yeah, the moon is you know, creepy right now. It is. I was just like, what the fuck is that? It's hanging anyway. on the horizon. Yes, but, uh. But I wouldn't blame, I mean, it's a hard thing. It's like blaming the actors. No. It's that they didn't get time to develop on screen, to develop their characters. The because, movie started at 10 after 6, it was over by 8. Yeah. So it was a barely two hours. To get a, that was a lot to get in there. Yeah, and I think the bad guys weren't defined in this movie. I yeah. was like, no, why I are think, you making them an alien race, a body snatcher people? But you, you could have done more with them. Yeah, you never saw them much. Like, they were, what's I their mean, motivation? They were, effective, they were effective as boogeymen. Yeah, but because they all kept running at people. No, and, but and there, they were there, wasn't there a plot? Was they were trying to steal the Phoenix Force to take back well, so they could re- spoilers? Nobody cares. <laughs> but I'm saying. They're trying to rebuild their planet. That's what they, they said. Something of that. Right, they, they were, were following, following it. this cloud of energy, energy because it, it was, wiped out their planet. But they were going to capture it. But they're going to rebirth on the Earth. Earth. Right. Yeah, they're but it was it was like, a one set. We've things. seen that a lot of times. Yeah, but there was like a handful of them. Right. There was like how many of them? Like twenty. Yeah, there were a lot more after. I mean, initially they didn't. Yeah. Seem to be that many. And then when they showed up in the train thing at the end, I go. At first, I go, who are these people? Yeah. I thought they were magnetic people, like yeah. uh, attacking them. Where was his army of people? They were on that island. That's well, his what guys fought before that when they were in the city. He's the guy with the dreadlock kind of hair. Was the Native cool. American guy? That no, guy no, no, cool. no. He, when, they were fighting in New York City when they were when they were, in it, but they weren't in the end. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What happened to all those people? Uh, for some reason, for the okay. X-Men, I thought there should have been more mutants. I'm like, where's all the mutants, yeah. man? Well, the, it's like five. As, as X-Men themselves, there was like a limited number. Yeah. I mean, if it was Deadpool, they'd be making fun of the fact that they only had five guys. I, that's, yeah, I thought about that, too. Oh, there's Colossus. That's why he's not in these movies. Right. He's in the Deadpool movies. Because right. I said to you, where's, how come Colossus isn't in these? But in the Deadpool movies, he's in the he's a big mansion. Goof. Yeah. So it's not like he shouldn't be in it. Yeah. But then again, time-wise, the different time frame. It's just, it's just done. So is Disney going to keep making oh, wait. Deadpool movies? What? Let's talk about the music. Oh, you like during the, the Hans during Zimmer. the music? I kept during the movie. I kept saying, "This Wait, sounds like Batman versus Superman." They're ripping off the the riff from Batman versus Superman. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's this like kind of choral thing going on. There you go up another block, yeah. so we can get some more music commentary in there. <laughs> you mean to go straight? Yeah, go straight. Yeah, yeah, go straight. So they're talking about this. Yeah. They're, I mean, we're I'm watching. I'm going, hey, whoever did the music? I was surprised it was Hans Zimmer. But whoever's doing the music is like yeah. riffing on Batman versus Superman, which had this great. Like kind of haunting yeah. little refrain that keeps popping up, and, and then the we see the credits, and it's like Whoa, it's the same guy. Hans Zimmer did the music, <laughs> which was kind of cool. Because he did he get like yeah he got fired off of Justice well, he, League. Right. They got Elfman to come well, in. Well, he had done a score for the Snyder cut, and then they, they dumped it. They yeah. ejected it when they ejected Snyder. So now he's like, I'll do this. I'll get you. You'll see. But it, it's it's an effective score, and it's a nice. It sound. is loud. I'll tell you that. The end well, we the were, sit, yeah, like, we're wow. sitting. I think we must have been <laughs> right under we the speaker. We also got the the benefit of those. Like it was like being in the. Uh, remember that movie Earthquake in the seventies? Oh, the, s- the surround, sense around, sense around. Yeah, everything. Whenever was, there was like a little yeah, yeah, rumble, yeah, yeah, yeah. you felt it in your chest. Like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. God, I was sitting there going, "Wow, this is. I'm gonna. I'm gonna like, have, have right. a heart attack or something." No, it was. I'm gonna get indigestion. But she was like You're destroying vibrating everything. all the food in my stomach. Yeah, it was a, it was it was a movie. Yeah. It's done. I don't know if I'll ever see it again. I don't have any compulsion to go yeah. watch it. If it's on TV, maybe I'll watch it. But I don't think I'll go. Well, out they've of my been way. running all the X Men all week. Oh, have they? FX is. Oh, really? On, yeah. Uh, I saw Winter uh, Civil. No, Civil War was on TNT I've the other day. I never watched my Blu-ray of that because I just had problems with Civil War. Oh, the Captain America one? Yeah. I never liked Zemo. I, I was like, the, that's the best thing you got? The motivation yeah. fell apart when you start thinking, wait, his wait, whole story it, relied, based on on, a videotape. relied on a camera, which yeah. really shouldn't have existed back at that no, time. No, no. But then the other, thing is, the other thing is, if he didn't have that videotape, none of this would have worked. Right. No, that's what I'm saying. And the and fact that he know? the guy has to turn so yes. you see his face as he kills Stark's parents. Yeah, but how do you know that Tony Stark's going to watch and go nuts and know that maybe he says, you know what, I hated my dad. That whole I'm glad story, you killed him. You saved me the trouble. The whole story was hung on this one, one little, fragile little thing. Bit, yeah. And that, that ruined it for me. It yeah. just seemed too fragile of a bit. Like, wait, how does that. You just. I, yeah, trust me. When I saw that movie, I go, that's what they're fighting about? And then the whole fight at the airport, my wife goes, it's like kids on a playground. I go, yeah. what are you talking about? She goes, they're not going to really hurt each other because they're all friends. So there's really no threat here. It's like. I, really, I, I should watch it again just oh, to have no. a clear. There's some good moments with Spider-Man and all that, but the overall, I always felt cheated that that he didn't get his uh, an actual second movie. Who? You know what I mean? Captain America. He had to share his. No, it was Avengers Part Two. I was like, this is not. Winter Soldier was so good. I love Winter Soldier. I love the first Captain America a lot. And then the third one, it's like, well, you're gonna have to share with the Avengers movie. movie. Yeah. 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 Anyway, that's it. We're wrapping this up. What do you got? 22 minutes of pure energy. That's cool. Yeah, you're off to Heroes Con. Yes, next week. 
and that's it. So I'll be doing. You, know, you gotta keep going. Keep going. I'm right, right after this. <laughs> right after this. We're trying Telephone to find. Ball, right, my we're house. To find Mitch Halleck's house. There we go. Yeah, we don't want people coming by. Are you Mitch Halleck? Yeah, that's all you need to know. <laughs> you don't want that again. Oh, Mitch Halleck right into leaves. the old car. He bails out of the car while it's moving. He just did a roll. A tuck and roll. <laughs> that's the end of it. Oh wait, here. What's that? Oh, you got magazines. Yeah. All right, that's it, folks. This has been a production of Big Fedora Marketing, LLC. The folks that bring you the terrific Comic-Con, GamerCon, and so much more. Thanks for listening.